Welcome to Voices of Experience, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. I'm your host, technology strategist and futurist, Crystal Washington. In this week's episode, Be a Better Virtual Guest, we're going to tackle what you need to know to consistently deliver high-value virtual interviews, whether they are podcasts or part of a paid client program. Are you ready? Let's get started. Today on Voices of Experience, we have Eliz Green and Tom Singer, CSP, to speak with us about being better virtual guests. Now, Tom has conducted over 1,000 interviews in the last six years. I don't know when he slept, but he's managed. Eliz has worked with over 50 organizations since the onset of COVID-19 on coping with the stress of uncertainty. Now, why are they here together? Well, they started hosting virtual and hybrid events together six years ago, and they've interviewed over 100 guests since COVID-19, and this includes NSA's Influence 25 Influence Breakouts. So thank you so much for being with us today, Eliz and Tom. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah, and you know, we need help. We need help because we've all seen interviews and, and we're not picking on our professional speaker friends. We're always polished, right? But we've seen interviews that other people have done virtually. <laughs> and when you watch it, you're like, whoa, did any preparation go into this? Mm-hmm. And I know us speakers being the professionals that we are, we always want to be as polished as possible. And so you being on the other side of this table, but still being speaker, so you understand both perspectives, mm-hmm. I know you're going to have some juicy insights for us. So Elise, I'm going to start off with you. What is the number one mistake you're seeing speakers make in approaching virtual interviews? I would say the lack of preparation mm. or looking at the that meeting that happens beforehand is something that's not important and i think tom and i both agree that it has changed the way we will forever look at the sound check because you know we're professional speakers that may not be something we always take as seriously, but the sound check is actually not for the speaker. The sound check is for the client and the people mm-hmm. on the production team mm-hmm. to know what's going to happen so they can make the, the speaker look the best possible. And the same works for the interviewer. Mm-hmm. Like we all got together before you turned on the recording today and we discussed what's going to happen. Right. If you, we could have just bounced in here turned on the recording and kind of went where it took us. But that preparation is what makes the difference. Mm, Okay. So lack of preparation. So I'm going to ask you a few follow-up questions on that Mm -hmm. in a little bit, but Tom, what are you seeing as the biggest mistake? And you can't cheat off of Eliza's paper. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think one of the things that we discovered doing the interviews for NSA and for what we call uh, the webinar talk show, our own sort of version of that interview Mm -hmm. process, I think one of the things we learned was how many people aren't flexible with meeting the format of the client. A lot of speakers are like, well, I want to speak for the whole hour. Well, you don't get in this particular format. That's not one of the options. You can do a short talk with Q&A. We set it up where you could do a longer presentation with Q&A. But people who came to us just basically saying, I don't need Tom and Liz. Mm -hmm. And it was like, well, yeah, you do. And you kind of have to be flexible for the way the program has been set up 
by the organization that's putting it on. So I was really surprised how many people have their own agenda when they come into being interviewed on someone's show. Ooh, okay. So we're we're gonna dive a little deeper into that. Well, you know what? Yeah, let's let's dive a little bit deeper. When you say their own agenda, do you just mean that they like things set up a certain way? Are they trying to lead people another direction? Is it like I know people can't see me right now, but I'm putting my fingers together, going whoa. So what what do we mean by their own agenda? Well, I'll I'll take the first one, then I'll let Eliz kind of chime in on on her thoughts. And the first one is some people, and I'm not picking on anybody, but if if they came in with the idea of oh, I'm going to be able to get the video reel for me to make my virtual reel now. And that was their motivation for how they wanted to set this up so they would have like some good virtual clips. Right. Versus coming in with the idea of how do I best serve the audience? And so that was sort of one of the things kind of I saw is they had an idea of how they wanted it to be for another purpose. Uh-huh. Liz, your thoughts? Oh. Well, piggybacking off of that, I know personally Every time I have thought that, oh, this is going to be a great stage and they're going to light it great and it's going to have the big, you know, screens behind me and it's going to look so awesome and I'm going to hire somebody and I'm going to get the recording and this is going to be my sizzle reel. That event sucks (laughs) because I am focused Mm -hmm. on my needs and not focused on serving the audience. So I, I will raise my hand and say, I have done it. And oh, we've all been guilty. Yeah. If you are coming in with some other agenda, mm-hmm. different than serving your client and that audience, mm-hmm. it's it's not going to work as well as it could have. Okay. Okay. Well, let's expound on a point that you made about the sound check. How mm-hmm. should we be looking at sound check differently the things that we should come prepared as speakers how much time should we allot so help us understand how we should even frame the sound or the av check when it comes to virtual because again we're talking about the virtual arena so for virtual tom and i like to talk about it as a production meeting because Mm -hmm. we always think of doing these interviews like a television show it's it's different than standing on a stage Mm -hmm. Very rarely does the speaker disappear on stage, unless you're working with a magician, and then that's cool because <laughs> they normally come back. But in that's the hope, <laughs> in a, a virtual world, mm-hmm. you have to talk about what's going to happen if there's a tech failure. You have mm-hmm. to talk about how are we all going to relate when you're not in the same physical space. So it's very mm-hmm. hard to communicate kind of behind the scenes in a diff- in a way that isn't, you know, kind of calling people out. Right. So for example, we will often turn our cameras off when mm-hmm. the, the presenter is presenting. So let's mm-hmm. say they're going to present for 20 minutes. Tom and I are going to, you know, go off stage. We're going to turn our cameras off, but we talk to the speaker about if something happens, Mm-hmm. One of us will turn on our camera and say, oh, by the way, I think you're sh- sharing the wrong screen. Or, oh, by the way, somebody, there's a lot of question in the in the chat about this one point. Could you clarify that right now before mm-hmm. we move on? So having those conversations are is really important so that that session is the very best it could possibly be. 
I love how you said, and you're not calling people out because the way that you suggested it, it's very collaborative, you know, oh, by the way. So it's like when people are watching that, they're like, oh, it's a team. They're working together. And I know you had something to add to this. Well, I was just going to say she talked about it being like a a television show. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of compare it to the Ellen show or live with Kelly and Ryan. Mm -hmm. If if they were going to have a celebrity on, if they were going to have Ryan Reynolds on, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't just invite him on the stage without talking to him first and let him just present for an hour and then at Mm -hmm. the end sign off. It has to be set up. And to do a good interview, you have to talk about how we're going to conduct that interview. So these pre-meetings or these production meetings, you know, like I said, it's it's not for the speaker as much as it is for the people running production. Right. And we're in a world now where every time we speak or we go on someone's podcast or we go on someone's video show, mm-hmm. we're using different platforms. Right. None of us can be an expert on every platform. So you have to come to it with a understanding that this isn't your Zoom necessarily. Ah. So being ready for whatever they have. I like how you all are comparing this to television because anyone who's Mm -hmm. done national TV, for those three minutes that people see you, the amount of conversation, and I mean, they (laughs) beat it into you. They know every word that's going to come out of your mouth, no matter how much it looks like it's on the spot. So I think that I hadn't even made that connection, but it's brilliant Because if we treat it this way, we're going to have the same type of great results. And we're professional speakers, so like celebrities, we can make a prepared answer look like it's on the fly. We can have fun with it, add a few things. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Now, we've, we've kind of talked about what makes sessions suck a little bit. Okay, we, we've touched <laughs> on that. So then the follow-up is, what makes sessions great? You've interviewed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And let's take me out of the equation, because I know when you interviewed me for NSA Influence, I know I was, no, I'm kidding, but let's <laughs> kidding, kidding. No, well, no, they, let they me tell so, you about Crystal. No, yeah. no, they, they were going to kick me out. They were like, that's it, lady. We're no. done with you. No, no, but all jokes aside, what makes a session great? When you look at the patterns of the very best interviews that you saw, what, did, what was the common thread there? For me, I would say it's the person who was willing to play. So Mm -hmm. as a speaker, my favorite thing is when a meeting planner says to me, we want to try something different. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to play? My answer is always yes. Okay. And the meeting planners always tell me, you know, that's not the answer we get. Mm-hmm. from speakers. So you take it into this virtual environment. Mm-hmm. We're all in the Wild West. You know, I don't care how long anyone listening has really been doing this, unless they've been doing it for many, many years. Most of us jumped in seriously in March or April. Right. It's still the Wild West. So therefore, you've got to come in with the attitude of, I'm willing to play. Mm-hmm. And let if you're being interviewed, let the interviewer lead you down a path and then and then bring your answers along. I love it. Eliz, what about you? My answer is almost the exact opposite. <laughs> Ooh. Because I think there is there's a lot to be said for being flexible mm-hmm. and playing. It doesn't mean that you have to completely abdicate what you do to that flexibility. Yes, okay. that's true. So if you know that the way that you do something, there's a reason that you do it and you know the impact it's going to have Mm -hmm. and you can demonstrate that, Mm -hmm. demonstrate it, lobby for it. We had, um, for example, Dan Thurman, we asked him to do something okay, because we were excited. We were so thrilled. We had a great idea. Okay. It would be amazing. And Dan, Uh listened. And then said no. Okay. 
But the reason he said no is that he had something better. Okay. He had something. It wasn't like, this is how I want to do it, and that's the way it's going to be. It was, let me show you what I think would be the best. And we were like, uh-huh. I think it was sure. he, 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 Dan used sort of the yes and. He didn't right. take our idea and throw it out. I was about to say, Dan said, never says no. He's brilliant with his responses. <laughs> but, this is true. But he came back and said, yes, but what you're trying to accomplish with, with that is these two things, and I can do it better in this format. And and like Elis said, we were like, oh. <laughs> and if you watched his interview, it mm-hmm. was awesome. Yeah. So – I'm guessing, and and I know this whole thing was scratched, but I, you know, people listening don't know. I know what happened behind the scenes. So they wanted him to stand on his desk, do a handstand on his desk. And instead he said, no, I can do it just on my blue Yeti microphone. Uh, But in the end, they ended up scratching it for insurance reasons, but no, I, I hear you. So you know what I took out of that? What I love about what both of you said was that both of you were talking about collaborating for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Right. And so on one hand, Liz was saying the things because as speakers, there's some things we know our clients don't know. We can lead right. them down a path and it's our job to not just be order takers. So if you know that you can deliver something better, then you tell them. But I love what Tom said, whereas be open because there might be something they need you to do that's even outside of your comfort zone. But, you mm-hmm. know, it'll make a bigger impact, too. So I love the balance. Now, now I see why y'all work so well together. <laughs> And I'm glad that I decided to to do it that way because at first, when Liz started off saying I had the exact opposite, I actually wrote the word dual in my notes. I was going to have, <laughs> but we won't do that. I won't make y'all fight it out. Okay, so we're good. So we talked a little bit about speaker preparation. Mm-hmm. How should we as speakers prepare before these virtual interviews? What does preparation look like? So for me, and I've done, uh, I have a podcast that is now at at 600 episodes. I host a podcast where I'm the paid host for an association that's at like 60 episodes. Mm -hmm. Please, and and even the stuff that we do with the webinar talk show and the things we did with NSA, as the guest, you have to go watch or listen to Uh that show before you show up on it. When I ask somebody, have you ever listened to an episode of my podcast? Mm -hmm. And they say no, I realize that they're not prepared because they don't know my style to interview. Oh, that's a good one. Liz, what about you? What do you think think you should do to prepare? I think that's really smart is knowing the format that you're going into, Mm -hmm. but also knowing where you want to go. One of the ways that Tom and I worked with everybody setting up the the influence breakouts Mm -hmm. was to say, what are the three or four points you want people to walk away with from this session? If we all know where we're going, we're going to end up going there. Tom and I often talk about we want there to be 70% of things that are planned and 30% left open for spontaneity. Okay. So it could be that follow-up, it could be the Q&A that comes from the audience, whatever it is, but that 70%, we need to know where we're going. Mm-hmm. You know, and what's interesting is, is what you all said, your, both of your answers are directly related to each other because Tom talking about watching the show beforehand, and, and we can mm-hmm. even circle back to the beginning where you all talked about this is like television, any major TV show they actually expect you to watch several episodes so you get the rhythm. So it's very similar. But you also talked about Elizabeth having a plan, which still goes back to knowing the rhythm and then how you fit Mm -hmm. into that. So both of those go together so well, because after you take Tom's suggestion, now you know how to craft that plan. 
So that's, right. that's pretty powerful. Tom, do you have anything to add about having a plan or what is, what does a plan look like? Is it, are we planning on how to sell books? What, what are we? <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on the show that you're going to be on or, or the format that you're going to be presenting in for all mm-hmm. of us who are speakers. Sometimes it's a conference. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a video interview. Sometimes it's a traditional podcast. Mm-hmm. And so whatever that format is, you have to know what the parameters are. So, you know, you made the joke about, oh, are we going to sell books? Some clients aren't going to want you to pitch anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need to know what their rules are around that. So I, I just think it's, it's if you've been following the show, if you know what's going on, and if you're in sync mentally with mm-hmm. the purpose, mm-hmm. it's all going to work out great. But if you come in with your own agenda and the host has their own agenda, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to come up flat. So mm-hmm. you mean if I'm on a podcast about working from home and I try to just pitch my new Afro Sheen line because you know we're all trying to come up with products now post COVID-19 you mean that might not be appropriate is that not what I should because everybody needs Afro Sheen right everybody not Brian Walter oh (laughs) I'm gonna leave that in here I'm not even editing that out so you're gonna get a call from Brian and you have to deal with it so but I don't even in some cases they may not even want you to pitch your work from home mm-hmm. you know ebook mm-hmm. so right. you need to have these upfront conversations to understand what's the purpose of the show what are we trying to accomplish mm-hmm. and then you come in to serve that that greater good it's going to be great if you come in with your own agenda that's going back to how we started that's always right. where things run flat ah you brought us back full circle and now I need to redo the marketing strategy for my Afro sheen. Fine. Okay. <laughs> Last question. It's going to be around technical, technical mm-hmm. things. Okay. So you mentioned earlier talking about technical components like sound check. Mm-hmm. How would you recommend speakers oops proof their interviews or presentations, especially around technology? What would you suggest? Let's go ahead and start with you, Liz. Everything you use mm-hmm. technology wise should have a purpose that serves your audience. So you can have an incredible, an incredible session and do nothing other than look into the camera and speak from your heart. That works. If that is the kind of speaker you are, Mm -hmm. cool. Some of us are like Dan Thurman and have, you know, a production studio in their own home. And we're not all Dan Thurman. Right. We're not all Dan Thurman in an in-person event. So well, no, I, I don't have balance. Be, I don't yeah, have balance. I so you don't want me to be Dan Thurman because I, I would be an insurance liability. So I, can't, I cannot ride a unicycle. Right. We're not all going to be Brian Fanzo. No. We're, we're not Brian Fanzo in an in-person thing. So why are we trying to be Brian Fanzo in a virtual space? You right. have to be you. Mm-hmm. Use the technology that works for you, that makes you comfortable, that serves your audience. Because in my world, mm-hmm. speaking from the heart and serving your audience is always going to beat any kind of tech. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I want to add, if we use influence, both the three-day conference mm-hmm. and the three months of breakouts that Eliz and I hosted, if we use that as an example, we saw examples of people who had full-on production studios. Right. And, and we saw examples of people who sat at their desk in their bedroom or their yeah. living room. Yeah. And if I was to rank the five or six 
best sessions, mm-hmm. they would come from both camps. Mm-hmm. So you do not have to have the bells and whistles. You don't have to have a TV screen. You don't have to use OBS or Ecamm mm-hmm. or have things flying in where you're in six camera angles because you're you know typing on your stream deck. You can just look into the camera and share and have one of the best sessions. Or if you are that person who uses all the tech, and as Elis says, you use it for the right reasons, it's going to be awesome too. So just like being on stage, Mm -hmm. you know, a great PowerPoint deck is helpful. Right. But we all know speakers like Connie Podesta and others who have amazing careers who don't use PowerPoint. Well, then then it's not your PowerPoint design that's giving you a multi-million dollar, multi-year career. Right. Right. Oh, that's powerful. That's powerful. And the other cool thing about what you all said was when you're talking about just doing the technology you're comfortable with, what I caught is the underlying current is the techie over here, right? Mm-hmm. Is that if you're using what you're comfortable with and what actually adds value, you're less likely to have hiccups too. Correct. Because the oh, yeah. more you try to be Brian Fanzo when you're not Brian Fanzo, mm-hmm. the better opportunity you're going to have to mess up some things because you, you don't deal with the same things Brian Fanzo does. Well, and it goes back to the, what are you serving? If you're Mm -hmm. serving an agenda that I need to look like a tech savvy superwoman, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's not, you know, gee whiz, wow, that's not serving my audience. But can you do that again? I I would like to, now I need you on my webinars to do the little sound effect you just did, because I got excited. Um, (laughs) I I think that should be a part of showing up. I got excited with the guests doing that. I'm sorry. I had to interrupt to say that because I was so excited. You're like, Woo! <laughs> feeling good. You and I wish the people listening could see you all. There was waving and everything from. Oh yeah, this. yeah. I, I am an emphatic speaker. Um, I speak with my hands, whether I am just recorded vocally or not. <laughs> it helps get the sound out. It does. Okay. Well, are there any last words you want to leave to the people listening? Imagine that they won't have the opportunity to ever get good advice again about being virtual guests. This is the last Mm -hmm. thing they're going to hear. Tom, what would be the last thing you tell them? If nothing else, listen to this. Bring your energy, right? It's, Mm -hmm. I think it's harder in a virtual world for a Mm -hmm. lot of people to really show that energy. And we're seeing it amongst a lot of the professional speakers Mm -hmm. who have done a lot of this over the last six months, or some have done longer, but I go on to a lot of webinars and things like that, where Charlie Brown's teacher (laughs) is all we're getting. So sometimes you got to turn the energy up. You have to be, you have to bring it if you're going to go virtually. So that would be my thought is remember that if you come on stage and you're one of those speakers, who's a seven or an eight, Mm -hmm. you might have to come in as an eight or a nine. You don't want to be a 12 because that's not you, but you got to turn up the energy because people have to be able to feel it through Uh the audio or the video you know, platform that they're getting your content. Oh, I love it. Before I get on my sessions, I usually listen to crunk music. If you don't know what that is, I'll let, I'll let you all Google it. Okay. But basically it's music afterwards. You're like, ah, and then I just yeah. start the webinar because I'm not naturally, ah, I'm, I'm high energy, but not high enough. I love that. Eliz, what about you? If, last word, best advice ever that wasn't already covered. What you got? Uh, this may be a little controversial. Woo. Okay. Do not overstate your experience. Mm. If you are not skilled in the virtual world, do not 
sell yourself as someone who is experienced in the virtual world. Mm -hmm. Do what you need to do to get experience. There are lots of ways to get experience doing interviews, doing things, volunteering your time to serve organizations who maybe don't have the budget for a speaker, mm -hmm. where the bar is lower, mm -hmm. get experience. It's the same thing we tell people who are starting in the in-person world, right? right? Go and speak, go and speak, go and speak, go and speak. If you're not experienced in the virtual world, get experience. experience and sharpening our skills. Did you miss the Influence 2020 breakout sessions Tom and Eliz mentioned? We had 25 highly relevant sessions that equipped attendees with the necessary information for thriving as professional speakers in a post-COVID-19 world. If you missed it, no worries. You can access all of the juicy conference materials and past year's conferences via the NSA Digital Vault. For more information on purchasing access to the Digital Vault, visit nsadigitalvault.com. Easy peasy. Thank you for tuning in to Voices of Experience, the podcast of the National Speakers Association. Catch us on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, and NSA's social media profiles. I'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.